Stan Lee has been robbed of $1.4 million. Kirsten Wig is going to be cast as Cheetah in Wonder Woman 2. And John Favreau is set to write and executive produce a live action Star Wars series. Holy shit! All this and more on today's Movie News Rundown. Comic book legend Stan Lee has been going through an extremely rough time lately. The Spider-Man Fantastic Four creator has been battling pneumonia for the last few months. He is currently hospitalized and he sent a video out through TMZ to his fans letting them know that he's doing okay, that he loves all the emails and messages that everyone's been sending him and he hopes to see everyone very, very soon. Um, this has been scaring a lot of people, though, because the man is in his 90s, and pneumonia is a fairly serious ailment that, if not treated correctly, can, some, could, can result in death. So everyone's been pulling for him and hoping that he comes out of this for the better. But along with that news, some legal issues of him have also surfaced that has revealed that $1.4 million has gone missing from Stan Lee's bank account. Um, one form uh, of cash was $850,000 that was stolen from him personally, and then $300,000 was used to purchase a condo with a forged check. Uh, sources connected to Lee told uh, this news site that detectives working in a specialized unit that deals with elder financial abuse showed up at Stan's Hollywood Hills pad um, a few weeks ago to look into the latest theft. We're told detectives met with Lee for more than two hours. Detectives peppered Stan with a bunch of questions, including exactly who had access to any of his accounts and a timeline of when the cash went missing. Stan turned over financial records to help them find the culprit. Um, so this is really shitty. I mean, if anyone has ever interacted with Stan Lee or have seen his content, I personally was able to meet Stan Lee at the Vancouver Fan Expo, I think three years ago now. And the dude could not have been nicer. Such a pleasure to talk to. And this is just horrible. I mean, you got to be a pretty big piece of shit to steal from the elderly. But to steal from Stan Lee, the man who's given so much happiness and creativity to the world, that's just fucking unbelievable. So I'm rooting for the guy. I hope he gets all this shit figured out. Because not only has the guy in the last couple months been dealing with sexual harassment allegations... Um, his former bodyguard caused a scene that ended up with cops showing at Lee's home. So for any comic book fans out there, any Marvel fans out there, send your love to Stan Lee. He needs it right now. There are three things that are constants in this life. Death, taxes, and motherfucking Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars is bigger than it has ever been at the moment with multiple trilogies being greenlit. Many, many projects coming down the pipeline, and one of the corners of the mega Star Wars franchise is going to be their television department that is now being developed. And a lot of rumors have been swimming around as to what kind of projects, what kind of stories that they're going to be telling in their TV universe. But a big player has now been dropped into the mix as Jon Favreau, the director of Iron Man, the director of Jungle Book, is going to be leading... Lucasfilm in their first ever TV project. Uh, it was just announced the other day that Jon Favreau is going to be heading up this new development for the company. And this is kind of a no-brainer. I mean, Jon Favreau, for all intents and purposes, is a key 
creative person in getting not only the Marvel universe up and running with Iron Man, but also would sort of dictate the building blocks for what makes a successful Marvel movie. Interesting casting, making the source material realistic and not treating it like a kid, making it fun for adults and everyone worldwide. And this raises a lot of questions as to what story are they going to tell? Nobody knows. I mean, with all of the books and all of the novels out there of Star Wars, there is so much to choose from. And if you've been following the Star Wars kind of movie landscape ever since Force Awakens, you know that canon-wise, all the books out there are pretty much not official Star Wars canon unless they say so. So really, they can pick and choose whatever they want. Um, in a statement, Favreau told the press, if you had told me at 11 years old that I would be getting to tell stories in the Star Wars universe, I wouldn't have believed you. I can't wait to embark on this exciting adventure. And Kathleen Kennedy, the president of Lucasfilm, also added, I couldn't be more excited about John coming on board to produce and write for the new direct-to-consumer platform. John brings a perfect mix of producing and writing talent combined with a fluency in the Star Wars universe. This series will allow John the chance to work with a diverse group of writers and directors and give Lucasfilm the opportunity to build a robust talent base. So this is going to be for Disney's new streaming service that's coming out. They're pulling their Marvel, uh, their Marvel franchise project out of Netflix, and they're basically going to have their own Disney Netflix. And this Star Wars show is going to be one of their flagship projects. So very excited to know where this goes next, and you can be damn sure I'll be reporting as soon as they reveal what the story is going to be. Whether or not you love or hate the DC film universe, one thing everyone can agree on is that Wonder Woman is their shining jewel in a sea of complete shit. Um, Wonder Woman was such a huge success last year, and a lot of that has to go to director Patty Jenkins for sticking to her the guns of a vision she had for the character and for the kind of film that she wanted to make. I mean, there's a very famous story on set where the producers and the, I think, Warner Brothers wanted to actually cut out the No Man's Land scene, one of the best scenes in the film where... Wonder Woman is in the trenches and the men's telling her that we can't save these people, that this is the part of the war where everyone goes to die. And she says, no, fuck that, gets, in, gets out of the trenches, reveals her costume and just goes headfirst into the fray. Um, and she had to fight for that scene, apparently. They wanted to cut it for whatever reason. And she stuck to her guns and no, we're doing this scene or the whole movie is not going to work. Um, so it looks like Patty Jenkins has gotten her way yet again as talks were happening about who was going to play the villain for Wonder Woman 2. It's set to be made uh, later this year, I believe, and coming out next year. And rumors were swirling around that Kirsten Wig was in not only in the running, but Patty Jenkins' first choice to play Cheetah. Now, if you don't know who Cheetah is, she is a pretty prominent uh, Wonder Woman villain, her main back there's been many iterations of her, but her main backstory is that a woman comes across this avatar of the cheetah god and that she kind of becomes cursed and is literally a human cheetah. She looks like a mutant from the island of Dr. Moreau. Um, but the iteration that they're looking to do in this movie is Barbara Ann Minerva who is a British art, um, anthropologist who becomes the avatar of the cheetah god after locating the lost city of, I can't even pronounce this word, Yurzakatarkatan, <laughs> and stumbling into the middle of an ancient ritual. Um, 
And a lot of fans are actually not very happy that she wants Kirsten Wig to be this role, but I can see it perfectly. And here's why. If, you, if anyone re- has been reading Wonder Woman Rebirth, the character of Cheetah is kind of this tortured character in that, you know, she has this curse thrust upon her and she's forced to look this way. She's, she can't go back to being human. She hunts for people. She needs blood. And she's just ravenous and a killer, and it kills her inside. She doesn't want to be this awful person. And that dichotomy, I think, is something Kirsten Wiig can really bring to the table. So I'm actually super stoked about this. And when a director has a strong vision like Patty Jenkins, she didn't go wrong with Wonder Woman 1. So everyone, just trust her, and let's go forward with Wonder Woman 2. So when old franchises get rebooted, it pretty much goes two ways. Either the reboot is a fresh awesome reimagining with a new fresh set of eyes that tells a new story that makes it engaging for everyone to get back into that world again like Blade Runner 2049 or you get a rehash of the same old stuff but done so poorly and not even near close to the mark as the original franchise used to be like Terminator Genesis and it looks like James Cameron can't fucking let Terminator go. He won't let it go. He's done a couple reboots now in this franchise, Terminator Salvation being one of them. Although a cool concept in in its on paper, it did not hit well with fans. And then Terminator Genesis was supposed to be this new awakening for the series that had Arnold Schwarzenegger come back with a new uh, Linda Han- with a new Sarah Connor, all this shit. But that story was so fucking confusing and so just all over the place that it was such a disappointment. But James Cameron is trying again. And this time he has Tim Miller, the Deadpool director himself, directing and developing this new project. And this franchise is going to take place right after Terminator 2. So they're basically retconning Terminator Salvation and Genesis, which by God you need to do. Um... And it looks like they found their main lead character from Mackenzie Davis. Now, if you don't know who Mackenzie Davis is, she stars in Halt and Catch Fire TV show. She's been in The Martian. She recently actually was, ironically enough, in Blade Runner 2049 as the human prostitute uh, that meets Ryan Gosling in the city. So she is pretty much going to play like a Sarah Connor-esque character, I'm guessing, In this franchise, or in this new trilogy that they want to make, they are bringing back Schwarzenegger again. They're also going to bring back Linda Hamilton, the original Sarah Connor, into this as well. And according to Variety, Davis would be the face of the rebooted franchise in the vein of Hamilton's character Sarah Connor in the first two movies that Cameron directed. Sources say Davis has been the studio and Miller's top choice for a while, but the casting needed sign-off from Cameron, who is currently filming the Avatar sequels. Now... I just don't know, guys. Is this too much? Is this too much too soon? Like, they tried already. It failed. It was horrible. And they're just going right back into it. And I feel like in this day and age of reboots, remakes, like, us as an audience, I feel like the studios think we forget, but we don't forget. I mean, the only cool thing about this is Tim Miller's involvement, which gets me excited about the project. But I don't know, guys. I love Terminator, but this just might be too little too late. So as I mentioned earlier in this episode, Disney is going to be developing its own streaming service. They are pulling their Star Wars and Marvel content and original Disney films, and they're all putting it in a one-stop Disney Netflix, which means 
Netflix now has to fill the void of superhero programming because Marvel's the best of the best. And that's why much, a lot of people, including myself, keep going back to Netflix to make sure that we are get our daily dose of superhero content. But it looks like they're thinking ahead because they have just hired Rob Liefeld, the original creator of Deadpool in the comics, also creator of X-Force and many other titles. Um, they are using him and they're going to adapt his extreme universe comic book characters into a series of Netflix feature films. Now, <laughs> this is kind of a deep cut for comic book fans, but Rob Liefeld not only did he make Deadpool and he created X-Force, but he created a lot of other original characters that many 90s comic book fans will know. And so they're getting screenwriter Akiva Goldsman, who's written a crap ton of hero stories and action stories to kind of oversee a high-end writer's room for this project. And so there are six different comic books that include over 50 characters that Liefeld's Extreme Universe is involved with. Some of those characters include Brigade, Bloodstrike, Cybrid, Regex, Bloodwolf, and Kaboom. Um, and here are a couple statements that the company released about the project. Chief Scott Stuber said, Rob Liefeld's Extreme Universe features gritty stories and distinctive characters. Akiva's creative voice has been behind some of the largest movie franchises, making him uniquely capable of bringing these superheroes from the Extreme Universe to life for Netflix. Akiva added, Rob is a unique and innovative talent who knows how to combine hard-edged comic book action with real emotionality. Netflix has the ambition, reach, and dedication to bring his universe to life. Then Rob Liefeld himself added, Netflix has become a part of everyday existence for me and my children. Their programming is the most dynamic and diverse I have ever seen. I am beyond thrilled and inspired to be bringing my extreme catalog to life with the creative wizards at Netflix. What Akiva Goldsman has achieved with his craft and storytelling across all mediums in our industry is of absolute benefit for my extreme characters. He is an absolute comic book fanatic and working with him on adapting extreme universe has been electric. His stellar work on Star Trek Discovery has wowed the fandom and trust me when I say that Teen Titans show he is producing is going to blow fans away. I cannot wait to show the world what we have in store. Trust me right now, go research Rob Liefeld's other characters that he has created. Go, go onto whatever platform you read comic books on or go on the internet and just try to find them. Dive into it and you'll get a sense of what Netflix is cooking up next year. Speaking of cult classic characters, Vin Diesel, the Fast and Furious man himself, is going to be playing Bloodshot. Valiant Comics, it's one of their title characters. This project is going to be developed by Sony Pictures, and the director is Dave Wilson, who is Tim Miller's partner at Blur Studios. And so, for those of you who don't know, Valiant Comics has been one of the major comic book companies uh right up there with with marvel and dc if marvel and dc are like apple and oranges then valiant is that weird fruit that you found on your trip to asia once that all the locals know about but you've never heard of in your life that's so sweet and so tasty because they've made such great titles in their run as a company and bloodshot is one of their biggest characters it's one of the people that most comic fans know about and his backstory is that Bloodshot is a super soldier created by a secret government organization called Project Rising Spirit. And he was brought back from the dead through the use of nanotechnology and suffering memory loss. And so he struggles to reconnect with who he was while learning 
what sort of weapon he has become with the help of a group of other augmented combatants called Chainsaw. So you can kind of imagine has kind of a RoboCop vibe to it. Um, and uh, the film is being written by Eric Hersier, who wrote Arrival, which is an amazing movie. And uh, Sony Pictures has, has stated that this film is going to be very much like an R-rated RoboCop Terminator Total Recall vibe. So it's going to have that classic 1980s tone. And the studio is really excited about this picture. I mean, there were rumors swirling around that Vin Diesel was meeting with Sony to talk about doing a Valiant project. Um, most people speculated that it was Bloodshot, but this is pretty crazy. I mean, this just seems like a reaction to Deadpool, the success of Deadpool, uh, the R-rated, no-holds-barred action superhero film that, you know, since we haven't really gotten many of those since Deadpool has come out. And studios are finally, I think, catching up to getting these projects out there while the iron is hot, so to speak. Um, and the film is going to be shooting in July. So it is filming this year. So we'll see. I mean, Vin Diesel, I'm... Let, pfft, who fucking cares? I'm not a fan of Vin Diesel. I mean, sure, he was okay in Fast and Furious. And like, yeah, like many others, I like Pitch Black. Uh, I thought he was kind of cool as as that character. But... I mean, the dude can't, he's just not a very fun actor to watch. And I mean, I don't really know much about the personality of Bloodshot. I know he's nothing like Deadpool, you know, not funny, doesn't break the fourth wall. But if he's just kicking ass and looking good while doing it, then I guess that's all you need in these movies these days. And our last story for this episode is something that actually filled me with a lot of joy because for anyone that watched Star Wars The Last Jedi... Okay, for first off, I'm about to reveal a big spoiler if you have not seen The Last Jedi, so don't listen to this part. Five, four, three, two, one. So when Snoke fucking died <laughs> on that throne room, that was one of, like, the feelings I had inside were one of extreme joy, surprise, and extreme sadness, because one of the setups of The Force Awakens, one of the unanswered questions was, of course, who is Snoke? Does he have a history? How did he come across meeting Kylo Ren? How, is he, how did he rise to power with the First Order? And these are things that I was really interested in knowing about, but obviously they were cut, quote-unquote, cut too short. So in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Andy Serkis actually revealed that there is, in fact, a backstory and history to Snoke. Uh, he's discussed this both with J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson, and but he's been asked not to reveal it at this time. Um, he told Entertainment Weekly, we wanted him to have a great deal of mystery, but we did, JJ and I, discuss it, and Ryan and I did discuss backstories to him. Where he came from, I've been asked to not shed anything should we want to bring him back in any other way, whether it's in a prequel or whatever. I think there's something cool about that. It still does remain a mystery for people. I know that some people find it incredibly frustrating and I think it allows for further exploration and layering at a further point. So some fans theorize that Snoke isn't actually dead, which, I mean, come on. Did you see that fucking scene? His tongue is hanging out of his mouth and his bottom half of his body is across from his upper half. Like, if they brought him back, that would just be really stupid. Um, but I do like this bit of information that they want to save his backstory and history in case they want to use it in a later project. You know, with all these sets of trilogies coming out, with these TV shows coming out, I mean, 
could there be room for a Snoke character in any of these projects? Younger, uh, his history, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Star Wars Rebels, one of the best cartoons around right now, just ended, and they are going to be starting another cartoon Star Wars project, most likely for the new streaming service that Disney's coming out. So that kind of brings, kind of gives me some hope, and it's kind of like a light at the end of the tunnel that, you know, we didn't get any uh, backstory in that movie particularly. I mean, we still got the third Star Wars movie coming out next year. Maybe there'll be a flashback scene for that. But this brings me hope, man, because I want more Snoke. Okay, everyone, that is going to do it for this edition of the Movie News Rundown. I want to thank everybody who has listened, called in, commented. I love it. It means the world to me. Um, Just so everybody knows, I know this podcast has been called Rated Par Reviews, and there have been no reviews uh, of late, except for the one I did on Black Lightning. So I'm going to put out three quick reviews of the last three movies I've seen so that I can catch up and that I will be seeing a movie tonight, actually, Wrinkle in Time or Gringo, not too sure yet. But I will be putting those up today and then hopefully every Saturday, Friday night, I will put up another quick review of the movie that I have seen. I'm also putting up movie review uh, YouTube videos that you can find at Rated Paw Reviews uh, where I record them in my home and give more of my elaborate thoughts and feelings on uh, on those projects. So thank you so much, guys. And also, I'm going to be getting some guests on the show soon. Um, living in Vancouver, we have a very strong film industry, as you may know, and lots of creatives to talk to about. So I'm setting those up right now, which why this episode kind of took so long to, to come out. My social media marketing business has actually been doing very well, so that's been keeping me busy. But I am going to set up a schedule that it's going to be Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Going to put out content for you guys. So I love doing this. So thank you so much for listening. And as always, put down the remote and go watch a motherfucking movie.